Hello, 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 hello. Is this going to go on WISO? Um, anything you don't want to go on WISO won't go on WISO. Oh, but your intent is for it to go on WISO? I'm um, just asking. I don't have an issue. I yeah. Oh, it will. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mari's going to, like, we're collaborating, but, like, it's also going to go on the Ola website, most likely, which is what I'm working on, and then she's working on a podcast for YSO. Yeah. So, like, it's going to go in multiple places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you say something again? Mirka Del Rio. Is that your normal volume, or are you being quiet? I'm being quiet. Okay. Should I be louder? <laughs> <coughs> also, it's morning, and my voice is kind of raspy. That's okay. No, it's okay. Does it sound sexy on the radio, though? Oh, yeah. Are people like, wow. They, they like the lower voices. Oh, okay. So, maybe I should do this. I don't know. I want to sound You got your normal, comfortable volume. Okay, now I don't know what that is, but I think this is it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's fine. Okay. So, um, yeah, so are you ready, or do you want a couple yeah, more minutes? No, I'm ready. So okay. you do this, you're going to, like, introduce yourself. Ready? Um, sure. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm Mari Smith, and I'm collaborating with Alyssa Navarrete, and we are doing a project to get kind of a pseudo-ethnograph of kind of what it means to be a POC on campus. These are the sort of questions we'll be asking you. It will part- it will be these questions and maybe follow-up questions based on what you say. And sorry if this feels really official, it's just because we're doing it through the college. That's literally it. Um, so yeah, can I have that? <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, so can you please say your name and your year? Mirka Del Rio, 2017. Um, so Mirka, what are your feelings about the POC culture on Antioch's campus? If I'm talking from within the POC group, I think we have a very strong group. Uh, it's developed a lot since my first year here, and I think the more I participate in it, the more I love it and see it as a family and a nice little safe haven on campus. Yeah. Do you want me to talk more about I mean, like the wider range, the campus? Just anything you want to say. <laughs> mm. I think that a lot of the issues that we face as POC aren't talked about enough, and I don't know if maybe because these microaggressions are something to be embarrassed about, but a community meeting, you know, where everybody found out of what was happening to the POC women on the floor, a lot of people were like, oh, I didn't know that happened. That happened, and it was like, how do you not know that a woman was it's like kind of attacked in the bathroom, in the shower so I think like our issues are there's something to be embarrassed about or something the campus just doesn't want to talk about. How do you feel about the statement, race is not real? It's ridiculous. I mean, I understand, you know, if you came from a community where it wasn't talked about or maybe everybody looked like you and you don't really understand, you know, like maybe you grew up in an all-Latino community and you don't know what it's like to have a racist action be taken towards you. Um, but once you leave that community, you really see all these little things that add up and make you frustrated and angry. Um, so I under, I definitely understand why somebody would say that, but I think we open our eyes and educate ourselves. You see that it is still very strong in the United States. What would you say to someone who believes in that or has openly said that? Wow. That's happened a lot here on Antioch. I think the best thing to do is listen to them and then you know, lead them into a productive conversation where they don't feel attacked or feel like you are educating them. You kind of have to lead them there 
because it is a very strong epiphany. Like, oh my God, race is still real. This is still happening. And people freak out. We've seen it happen in conversations, you know, that global seminar conversation we had where somebody just blew up and we were like, oh man, this is a tough subject. So it definitely has to be taken with a lot of caution. Do you feel like you have an added responsibility as a woman of color to like stay calm and like have to acknowledge all of these other feelings that people that say things like this have? Unfortunately, yes. You know, you have to, as a woman, you're taught to be nurturing and caring and make people feel safe. And, and it's also my nature, you know, I do like to make people feel safe and needed and loved. And so it is, it's tricky, but yeah, I would say, yeah. <laughs> what kind of social constructs do you feel add onto racism specific to our campus? Well, the fact that the RAs or RLMs, I don't know what they're calling them these days, um, didn't take action specifically when a woman of color asked to be moved from her room and action wasn't taken immediately because her roommate threatened to kill her and they said, this isn't, she isn't going to do it. And they didn't move her. I still, I think she still wasn't moved. Um, But when a white woman on campus had an issue because she didn't like her roommate, she was moved right away. So it's if the administration doesn't take our issues seriously, then why would the rest of the campus do that? Especially students who are like, oh, well, I guess it doesn't really matter because adults don't even think of it as a big issue. What sort of message do you think that sends to the student body and especially to women of color? A very negative one. It perpetuates this thing, you know, this thought that we are dramatic and don't really have a reason to be upset. And we do. That was a very real reason. Her roommate threatened to kill her. And maybe maybe she wasn't going to act on it, but the fact that she wasn't moved immediately was just, and the fact that Anna had to keep telling her, her story just kind of, it was unnecessary. And I think people eventually were like, this is being dramatic. You weren't moved, stop it. Please explain this action to us in your own words as well as why it's necessary. Wait, you kind of did that. Huh? I'm talking, I'm going about today. Like this, why we're doing this today in specific. And yeah, yeah. Explain it in my own words? Yeah, and if you could, like, repeat the question or, or repeat, like, the predicate, you know? Let me see. What question is that? Number four. Please explain this action in your own words as well as why it's necessary. Uh, the POC decided to get together, be in this room away from campus as a disappearance, um, and we want to see if anyone's going to notice that we're gone, that we're not in our rooms, in our classrooms. Are people going to text us? Are our friends going to miss us at lunch, at dinner? And I think that's really interesting. I mean, as someone, I don't know if you read Mindy Kaling's book, Is Everyone Hanging Out Without Me? But that's like a question that's always in the back of my mind. Um, but this isn't that. Uh, so I think our professors going to notice that we're not there. I mean, POC, especially POC women, don't talk a lot in classrooms. So professors going to notice that? I mean, I just withdrew from a class that was like eight white men who dominate the conversation at 8.30 in the morning. And I was like, can't handle it. Um, so, and then I have a class with that same professor later in the day. So I wonder, but he takes attendance, so he's going to notice. Uh, I think it's really important. Like, we do add a lot of life to this campus. And Kevin Magruder sent us that really great email this morning where we add life in a place that cares only about money and dullness. So I'm like, yeah, are people going to miss us at community meeting? I mean, a lot of, you know, especially Melly who goes up there and like forces people to clap and be happy. Are they going to be like, where's Melly at though? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm excited. Wait, I had a question. Hold on, can we wait a second? My yeah. brain's just like, because it's like, has a question, but I'm like paying attention to what you're saying too. I'm not just thinking about what I want to say. Um, 
I'm just blanking. Oops. Okay, whatever. <laughs> um, so this is kind of, we're going to shift gears a little bit, talk about specifically the PC, POC hall. Mm -hmm. um, so do you feel a POC hall is necessary in a small liberal arts camp? In a small liberal, liberal. liberal, liberal arts campus like Antioch and why? And if you're going to talk about um, the last, like, kind of, like, with Honest Case, if you could give a little bit more background, I think that'd be, like, helpful. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think a POC hall is necessary on this campus if we want it, right? This this is our decision, and if we want it, I don't, don't think anyone who is in a POC has a reason to kind of challenge that. And I, and I understand that they think, oh, this is self-segregation, but if you've had to endure the things that women have had to if I mean if you had ramen thrown at you in the shower wouldn't you be pretty pissed if you had condoms and lube thrown at you on the in the shower if I were one of those students I don't think I'd come back I'd be like what the fuck is wrong with all of you and probably vandalize the school somehow because I'd be so pissed like this is my body I'm in the shower you knew I was in here you peeked at my body like no none nothing about that is okay and for administration to think and sit on this for so long without giving us any answers is ridiculous um, so would you, would you argue that this is a matter of safety or what sort of, cause I, I understand that, um, administration has talked about creating other like identity groups or identity halls as well as a POC group, but would you argue this is a matter of safety or what exactly separates POC from, I mean, I know why, but, <laughs> but how would you put that into your own work? I think people don't understand what it feels how it feels to feel unsafe constantly unless you've been attacked. And for people to say this is is this isn't necessary, it's not going to happen again is ridiculous and it's not a comment that needs to be made. If you haven't felt that pain, if you've never if your roommate hasn't told you they hate these type of people or tells you she wants to kill you, you really shouldn't have an opinion and say this isn't necessary because safety is a huge issue. It's an issue in life. You know, both you and I are in Toshin Do to learn how to protect ourselves, right? But when you're in the shower on a campus that's supposed to be a community and kind and loving, but this is happening, there's an issue. Mm -hmm. um, so obviously we've had a reaction from faculty and staff, but what do you feel is a necessary reaction or what do you think they could have done better um, in response to these requests we've had? I think... And I understand why the women who did have these things happen to them in the showers or by their roommates didn't want to make it public. But I think if the community knew right away, like, this happened, it needs to stop. Whoever did this needs to be held accountable. There might have been a different reaction, but I completely understand why. It is I would feel kind of ashamed if that happened to me and personally attacked. Um, but I think if actions were taken right away, especially against that one roommate, this isn't tolerated. Have a community meeting. You can't say these things to your roommate. This should never be tolerated. Um, and this, you, it might be harsh to say the student should have been, we don't use the word expelled. What word do we use? Let go. No, that's not a job. Um, Suspended. What did they say during Ben Daniels' case? Academic expansion. Yeah, expansion or whatever. Yeah. They were expended. I think that would have sent a strong message and said, this isn't acceptable on our campus. You're not part of our community. Is that all, of, nothing about that should fly ever, especially mm -hmm. in this. 
this community that loves diversity so much but rarely practices it. Yeah. Um, so this is kind of going to kind of widen the spectrum a little bit. What does it mean to be a POC in like Yellow Springs to you? Like why did you come here to begin with? <laughs> I don't mean that like in like an accusatory term. Yeah, I just, POC <laughs> in Yellow Springs. Man, I knew almost nothing about Yellow Springs. I Googled it. I knew there was a street fair, and I was like, oh, man, I love street fairs. Mm -hmm. I saw the art. I was like, oh, man, I love mosaic art, you know, with, like, the benches and the trash cans. And Antioch, I mean, I didn't want to go to college, but Antioch was, like, free education. I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. um, and I saw the word diversity a lot. I saw the word diversity everywhere, and I was like, oh, man, I can do that. Look at me. I'm diverse. Um, and then I got here. And there's like, what, three Latinos in my class. Um, I don't know, it was hard. The food, getting adjusted to food was really hard. But the landscape, I think, was the hardest for me in terms of it being very flat and not having anywhere to hike or nature to see. Everyone's like, oh, but the glen's right there. It's like, the glen is not that interesting. <laughs> you know, like I come from mountains. Um, yeah, and just, I don't know, the more... And it's so interesting to me, the more people of color we get on this campus, the more the more you can see this separation of like this pushback on diversity and POC, which is so, you know, maybe because the first few of us were kind of like, eh, we're just like trying to be here and get good grades. But now that we, you know, integrating ourselves into the campus, there's a lot of pushback. I don't know, it's also, it's very strange. I don't think Antioch knows what it wants in the community. We're still, we're still very young. We're still, we're still trying to figure out what we want. You know, our bylaws consistently change and, you know, council's always trying to fix itself. So there's just, there's a lot happening. It's like a parent who just had a baby and doesn't know how to parent yet, you know? I'm still trying to figure it out. That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, do you know who Basim is? Yes, I love Basim. I love, I think I, I said that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I got him to ditch with us today, too, by the way. Oh, Fun fact. Cool. Um, but he was talking to me because I was talking to him about kind of what we were doing. And he was saying that, like, Yellow Springs, like, you know, back in the day, we always have all these great stories. But, like, there was a really, like, people came to Yellow Springs because it was a diverse place, because of Antioch, because of how diverse it was. And they had, like, a really, really big Japanese community. They had, like, a really big percentage of people of color. And I, I don't know. How do you feel about that? Do you think we can ever get back to that place? Or do you think that sort of movement can be born here? Oh, man, I thought it was the opposite. I thought there was a lot of racism in Yellow Springs. Like, there was a barber who refused to cut hair for um, any black people. And then eventually there were, like, either you cut hair for everyone or you leave town. And he was like, I'm leaving town. Did it, I mean, it might depend on, like, which decade it was. I don't know. Yeah. Didn't Credit Scott King leave? because of the racism on campus? She left because she bailed out of Antioch because she couldn't pass the test to go on to the next level. Oh man, there's, I've heard so many stories about why she left. And like, she didn't graduate from here, okay? Yeah, but, you yeah. Know, she we have a casually she, building for her. Like, yeah, she key. dropped out because she couldn't pass the test. Oh, awkward. That's kind of telling. Like, we need to <laughs> stop stressing everyone out. Like, even Credit Scott Kane couldn't graduate. Man. But can we get back to that? Isn't living, isn't Yellow Springs one of the most expensive places to live in the country? Yeah. And there's like this huge divide between like minimum wage and the actual cost of living here. Mm -hmm. um, and then they didn't want tiny houses in the village. What? That yeah. would be great. They're, 
from what I heard from Thomas Manley was that there's like some sort of reform restricting people from building more property so they won't start building on the land that they're trying to preserve like the crops and the fields they're not letting people build on those because they're trying to preserve them because the cost yeah, of living. Ohio has enough crops like we have enough corn Yellow Springs doesn't <laughs> Um, yeah, so this town is so interesting itself. Like, it's a bunch of rich people, you know, who, like, these houses are so expensive. I mean, most of our, I think most of our faculty do live here, but a lot of our staff don't. Yeah. They come in from Xenia, Yellow Springs, Columbus, Cincinnati. Wow. It's crazy, yeah. Yeah. So who knows? Is there anything else you'd like to say? I've, I've exhausted the questions. No, I'm excited to see where your project goes, and I'm excited that we're all here together and, you know, being a cute little family. Yeah. It's really nice just to look around and not see any white people. I hope that doesn't sound racist. <laughs> not at all. But it's no. like there's, like, this comfort in it. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, it's fun. Like, we're a whole class is, you know. I think the most POC I've had in a class were maybe four of us together. No, it was five of us. It's five of us, and that was good. But now I like look around at my class. I was like, oh, look, it's my other one. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, thank you guys.